wants not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. The Lord bless all for being here. We've been on a series on prayer. I'm teaching on one of the things that is very, very important and essential for your Christian life. If you are going to live a victorious Christian life, this is something you must master. Somebody say, I must master. There are many habits that a man can have, but if a man builds the habit of prayer, he secured many areas of his life. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 7 to 8. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 7 to 8. The Bible says, but refuse. Somebody say refuse. He said refuse profane and old wives fables and exercise thyself unto godliness. Somebody say exercise yourself. I like when he says, exercise thyself. He didn't say, let somebody do the exercise for you. Let somebody go to the gym for you. If you want your muscles to be built up, you need to go to the gym personally. If you want to grow spiritually, you need to engage in spiritual exercises personally. This is not a responsibility someone can do for you. Prayer is not a responsibility. It's not an exercise that somebody can do and then it is credited to your account. It's not one of those things. Prayer is something that yields dividends in the life of a person that personally engages in it. The Bible said bodily exercise profited later, but godliness. Somebody say godliness. Say godliness. Now, mind you, one of the exercises godly people engage in is prayer. Somebody say prayer. If you are going to be godly, you need to be prayerful. You cannot live a godly life without a prayer life. You cannot. You cannot have a solid Christian life without a godly life. Your life is as powerful as your prayer life. And it's very critical that we appreciate that. But godliness is profitable unto all things, having the promise of a life that now is and of that which is to come. Somebody say, I have a promise. Of the life that now is. And the life that is to come. Now you see that is the extraordinary benefit we receive when we pray. The devil is not afraid of your physical muscle as much as he's afraid of your spiritual muscle. Your spiritual muscles speaks to the devil much more than any physical muscle can do. And that is why you must be strong spiritually. The Bible said be strong. Somebody say be strong. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And one of the platforms that God has ordained for us to maintain and sustain spiritual strength is prayer. Somebody say prayer. The more you pray, 
the more strong your spirit becomes. And when your spirit is strong, you can survive anything. The Bible says, if thou faint in the day of adversity, your strength is more. Somebody say, your strength is more. So in any area of your life where you feel that your strength is more, you want to make sure that you are concentrating much more in the area of prayer. We looked at the fact that among the spiritual habits we need to cultivate, prayer is primary. Somebody say prayer is primary. And so last week we looked at people who prayed habitually. They prayed habitually. We looked at about 10 or so people who prayed habitually. Chief among them was Jesus. Jesus had no need in the flesh. He was God in the flesh. He could command things and they would happen. But he spent a lot of his time praying. When he came on earth as man, he showed us how to be dependent on God. Prayer simply means I am dependent on God or I am God dependent. That's why a wise man said a day without prayer is a boast against God. And I want to teach you today some principles that will help you to be able to live a prayer life perpetually. Amen. Come with me to Daniel chapter 6 and verse number 10. Daniel says 10. The Bible says, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home and in his upper room. Somebody say his upper room. Say his upper room. With his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as his custom since early days. I pray that prayer will become your custom. Some of us eating three times daily is our custom. Prayer must become your custom. Receive grace to live a prayerful life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus lived a prayerful life. From the time he started. When he went into the baptism of John to be baptized. Everybody went there to be baptized. But the Bible said when he entered to be baptized. When his time came, he was in prayer. And then when he was about to finish, round up his ministry on the cross. He finished with prayer. He was asking for God's forgiveness for people who knew no sin. He began with prayer and ended with prayer. So we also need to understand that if you are going to run the race set before us and finish well, we need to be men and women of prayer. And I see men and women of prayer rising up from the church in the mighty name of Jesus. Look at Mark chapter 1 verse 35. The Bible says, and in the morning, somebody say in the morning. In the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there he prayed. Somebody say, in the morning. Let's read it together one go. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there he prayed. That's where I'll be teaching from tonight. Everything I'll be sharing will be coming from here. The Bible said Jesus a great while before day. And if you see the results that follow that prayer, you'll be amazed. Look at verse number 36 all the way to 39. And Simon and they that were with him followed after him. And when they had found him, they said unto him, all men seek for thee. Somebody say, all men seek for thee. Now, if we will be able to meet the needs of our generation, we must learn to find God before men find us. Jesus had the habit of finding God before men found him. You look at it, the Bible says, 
early in the morning, he went seeking after God. And when he was through seeking after God, men came seeking after him. And when he met those men, every need they presented, he met it. As he as meeting great needs. In the mighty name of Jesus. I'm sharing with you five things that you can do to cultivate the habit of daily prayer. You see, you don't have a prayer life if you pray occasionally. You don't have a prayer life if you pray once a week. You have a prayer life if you pray daily. Somebody say, I will pray daily. Say, I will pray daily. You cannot say you eat well when you eat once a week. Very soon you become a medical case. And in the same way, if you don't want to be a spiritual case, and there are many who are in check, but they are spiritual cases. They've not learned to develop a prayerful life. And so they are spiritual cases. When Satan shows up, they don't have the capacity to deal with him. But not anymore. In the mighty name of Jesus, you live your life as more than a conqueror. Jesus rising up a great while before day. If you look at Jesus, he established the habit of prayer because of certain principles that he guided his life with and certain things he knew about prayer. If you are going to live a life of prayer habitually, number one is priority. Somebody say priority. Say priority. Prayer must be a priority. If you are going to live a prayerful life, prayer must be a priority. When we say something is a priority, it means it comes before every other thing else. It's given the pride of place. Premium is placed upon it over every other thing. The Bible says in verse Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 1, he said, Therefore I exhort first, somebody say first. The word first comes from the Greek word protos. And it means first in place. First to occur. First in order, first in place. That's what it means. First of all, first of all, he says, prayer, supplications, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men. When you wake up from your bed, there are things you must do first. Somebody say you must do first. And one of the things you need to learn to do first is to pray. That is one of the things Jesus, the Bible said he woke up and the first thing he did was to find a place and pray. Why was it the first thing? Because it was a priority for him. He went to bed the night before thinking about his time with God in the morning. So when he woke up, the Bible said, "When my soul have I desired thee, Isaiah chapter 26 verse 9. Isaiah 26 verse 9. You see, whatever is last on your mind when you are going to bed is likely to be the first thing on your mind when you wake up. When you go to bed at night and the last thing your eyes were fixed on, was a match between Manchester United and Chelsea. And you are a Chelsea fan and Manchester won over Chelsea. You went to bed depressed. You wake up more depressed. Look at what the Bible says. He said, when my soul, I have desired thee in the night. In the night. With my soul, I have desired thee what? In the night. With my spirit within me, will I what? Oh. Would I seek what? I will seek you early because I have desired thee. I've been longing for you. I've been yearning for an encounter with you all through the night. That was my desire. And when I wake up in the morning, I seek you early. What do you seek early when you wake up in the morning? You pick up your phone and you begin to check what's up. Who has sent you a message? Who has brought you money? All of these things show where your desires and your priorities are. But when prayer is your priority, when your eyes open... 
the first thing you want to deal with, Father, I thank you. Thank you for a brand new day. And then you, you begin to continue in that life. That was the life of Jesus. The Bible says of him, Mark chapter 1 verse 35, the New Living Translation. The Bible said, before daybreak, the next morning, Jesus got up. Somebody say he got up. May you receive the discipline to get up. I have never believed in lying down to pray. I lie down to pray when I know I'm tired and I know I want to uh, sleep pray. Yeah, when I intentionally want to sleep pray, then I can start it like that. But if I really mean serious business that I'm praying, I will not lie down. Sometimes sitting down when you are even feeling your eyes are heavy of sleep will not work. So to lie down is to give Satan easy access to take control of your life. Jesus got up and went out to a solid, like that. He got out, up and went out. He got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. It was not an afterthought. Somebody say it wasn't an afterthought. It wasn't something he could forget. It wasn't something that, uh, I don't, I think I've not prayed. No, 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 no. It was something that was habitual. You see, for all the spiritual habit we'll be exploring, eh, the only time you will see the power that is at work in each of them is when you do it consistently. Until they become a habit, you will never see the dividends in it. When you learn to pray, even if it's 30, 30 minutes, for the next 21 days, you will see that your decisions will be better, your choices will change, everything about your life, your understanding of scripture will change. Am I complicating here? There is no way you cannot. The Bible said, he that walketh with wise men shall be wise. A companion of fools shall be destroyed. Anybody you keep close association with, sooner or later you begin to reflect them. You begin to reflect their mannerism. You begin to reflect the way they talk. You begin to look like them. Praise God. And when we learn to camp with God, we begin to manifest godly virtues. Can somebody say an amen? amen. Acts chapter 6 verse 2 and 4. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. And therefore, brethren, seek out among ye seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we, somebody say we, we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. We will give ourselves. Oh, may we receive grace to give ourselves unto prayer. In the mighty name of Jesus. So Jesus saw prayer as a priority. What is a priority in your life? What is a priority in your life? Is prayer a priority in your life? Jesus saw prayer as a priority. And because it was a priority for him, when he woke up the next morning, he had a plan for it. You see, we always plan for things that are important to us. Things that are valuable to us are things we plan to do. And that is my next point. If you are going to live a life of habitual prayer or you are going to pray habitually, then prayer must be planned. Somebody say it must be planned. You have to plan to pray or you will not. Plan to pray or you will not. Uh-huh. Plan. If you ask anybody who is not prayerful or does not consistently pray, he has no plan to pray. You have to have a plan to pray. If you don't have a plan to save, you cannot save. Oh, I will save when money enters my hand. No, 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 no. They don't save like that. I will eat when uh, hunger begins to strike. No, 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 no. 
You may go through the day, and if you are a workaholic like some of us, you realize that you have no eating, and the day is coming to an end, and you are not fasting also, and it's not healthy. So you have to plan. Somebody say, have a plan. You need to have a plan. You need to have a plan. The Bible says in Proverbs 21 verse 5, good planning. Somebody say good planning. Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Good planning. Good planning. You see, God is a planner. If you are not a planner, you are in many ways not like God. God is a planner. He planned at the salvation of humanity long before. He actually planned. He had a master plan and he had a second plan. When Adam failed, it wasn't a surprise to God because he already had a plan in place. Jesus was slain before the foundations of when. That is how strategic God's planning is. And we must be planners. And one of the things we need to plan about, I know that a lot of us have learned in many ways to plan certain areas of our lives. You plan your finances, you plan uh, when to do what. But one of the things that we intentionally, I realize that sometimes people think that when it has to do with spiritual things, we don't have to be intentionally thoughtful about them. But I realize that for everything to be profitable, planning is important. Somebody say planning is important. important. Why would you say I couldn't wake up early? If you plan to pray in the morning, you find a way to sleep early. You stay with TV, I say a nice movie. You stay with it, ah, and go to bed so late. And when you wake up, you are in a hurry to go to work. How can you pray? You watch the match. After the match, you watch uh, post-match uh, discussions. And by the time you finish, you are going to bed and you think you wake up early in order to pray. Satan is also making sure that the sleep will be tight for you because the chief beneficiary of your prayerlessness is Satan. So you make sure Unnecessary conversations. You need to have a plan. Somebody say, have a plan. Have a plan. plan. You have to have a daily plan. A plan that will factor in that every day I have this time of prayer with God. And once that time is set out, then you begin to plan towards it. So you need to have a plan. You need to have a plan. Look at what Jesus did. He prayed in the morning because he had a plan. He had a lot of ministry engagements to do in the day. So early in the morning. He was not going to wait. He knows that once he gets to the work, and sometimes many of us get deceived through that means. We say, oh, when, when I get to work, I'll find some time and do my quiet time. And see that, how many times have you not said that and you still not been able to do it? So you have to now develop a plan that will help you do it before. Look at Matthew chapter 14 and verse 23. After sending them home, he went up into the hillside by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Somebody say there alone. alone. Yeah, he had a plan. He had a plan that I'm going to spend the morning, early hours with God and the late night with God. So when the ministry assignment for the day was over, he could not just go and lie down and sleep as usual. The Bible said late at night, he sent them, it's enough. You see, it is a person who has a plan. Who can tell visitors, your time is up, go. Yeah, that's some of us, when people visit us, they are just there. Whatever they are talking about, they are finished and they are still there. No, 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 no. You are wasting your life. Particularly when they are visiting and they will not even tell you when they are coming. When will you come? Oh, I will come between one and two. Don't come. One and two. (laughs) Define the time period. 
Because the cheapest way to waste your time is to leave it vacant like that. That is one simple way a lot of people waste their time. So, define the time. Jesus, send them home. It was time to pray. I have preached to you. It is time to pray. Go home. And they went home. And there are some conversations you just have to learn to tell people, listen, I think it's my bedtime now. I need to go to bed now. No matter how interesting the conversation is. Because I have a plan. If you are catching a flight the next morning, will you be sitting down talking to somebody at 12 midnight? You won't do that. You won't do that. You see, when the plan is important to you. So, Satan is just strategic. He is not strong, but he's strategic. Praise the Lord. Say Satan is strategic. Yeah, very, very strategic. Very strategic. And when you go to war with someone who is not strong but strategic, you may beat him with your strength, but he will make sure you suffer. Ultimately, you may beat him, but you will suffer very, very well. Because you don't just go to war with strength, you also go to war with strategy. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah. And number three is place. Somebody say place. Say place. You need a place. Jesus made prayer a priority. And as a priority, he had a plan for it. He planned. Among the things Jesus planned to do was to pray. You have to plan to pray or you will never pray. Praise the Lord. Number three, the Bible says, before daybreak, 135, before daybreak, the next morning, Jesus got up. Somebody say got up. And went out to an isolated place to pray. Find a place and pray. You need to find a place and pray. If you are living alone, all the better. If you are living with someone, find a place and pray. You need to find a place and pray. Prayer is a conversation. And it's a conversation between you and your father. And there are things that sometimes you need to be alone to be able to speak to God about. Yeah, It's not every conversation that you can have in the open. When it has to do with certain details, you need to be with God. And uh, a lot of us, we are so funny when it comes to our relationship with God because we have not created that atmosphere to share intimate things with God. God should be able to uh, know that you are tired. If somebody says, okay, what if I'm tired and I cannot pray? Tell God you are tired. Praise the Lord. Lord, I am tired, but I receive strength to pray. Praise the Lord. Or you don't know that that is also prayer. That's conversation. That's conversation. There are certain weird principles we have learned about prayer. It makes it so abstract. But prayer is a very practical thing. It's a very practical thing. When you are dealing with issues that you are struggling with, you don't come to God and act strong. Lord, I am dealing with this. This thing is gradually eating me up. If you don't help me, I'll be carried away. I'll be destroyed with this. Help me. That's prayer. Praise the Lord. So have a place. Somebody say have a place. Have a place. Find an ideal place for daily prayer. Jesus got up and went out. Got up and went out. Some of you, the place is in your hall or it's away from your bed. You get up and in front of your bed, you just walk up and down and then you pray. Find a place. Find a place. And if you can step out into an isolated private place, all the better. One of the things I've realized praying at certain specific places is that once you, if you pray in a specific place for a very long time, the moment you step there, when it becomes a habit, the moment you step there, even when you are tired, the energy to pray comes. 
the energy to pray comes. When it becomes a habit, when you habitually pray at a certain place. That, that's why Jesus used to pray at certain places. He used to pray at gardens and he used to play in certain places. Daniel had a place of prayer. Daniel chapter 6 verse 10. The Bible says, And when Daniel knew that the writing was done, he went home. And in his upper room, look at that. He went home and in his home, in his upper room. So it was, it was not there anywhere. Even in the home, he still had a place, a place reserved for prayer. In his upper room, with his windows open to the he knelt down. The Bible said, and prayed and gave thanks before his God as his custom was since early days. So he had a custom of praying in his upper room. He had a custom. There should be a place that when you go there, everybody who is around knows that this is your time of seclusion with God. Somebody say an amen. Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 6. When you pray, go into your room. Did you see that? Jesus was talking about having a place for prayer. Go into your room. Close the door. Pray to your father. He's talking about privacy in prayer. Privacy in prayer. The need to have a place where you can commune with God, share fellowship with God, and be intimate and open with God. That is very, very essential if you are going to build and develop a prayer life. Number four period. You need to have time. Somebody say time. So we've looked at the fact that if you are going to live a habitual prayer life, amongst many things, number one, you need what? You need to make prayer a priority. Number two, you need to have a plan. Number three, you need to have a place. Somebody say a place. place. Yeah, a place. I understand that you can pray everywhere, but habitual prayer needs to be prayed somewhere. Praise the Lord habitual prayer. Anything that is a habit, it is done at a specific place. There is a place you habitually go and eat. You can't say, I'm a customer at uh, Confidence. When you don't go there, maybe three times or four times a week. At least you must be there every week. That is a place that is customary with you. Number four is period. You need time. 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 It's critical. Time. Time, time, time. Set time aside. Thank God for smartphones. I hope you don't have a damn phone and you have a smartphone. Now, if you have a smartphone, even the, the, the damn phones, some of them do have alarms in them. You can set it. And that's where prayer comes. You have to set time. Somebody say set time. Establish a fixed time for daily prayer. Somebody say establish a fixed time. Say establish a fixed time. You have to establish a fixed time. This is my time of prayer. Establish it. Establish it. Establish it. Establish it. Don't say I will pray any time. If you don't have any specific time, you regularly pray. Because Satan can easily take advantage of that. I will pray any time. Any time, I will pray. No, 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 no. Listen. First of all, you want to have an established time for consistent prayer. And when you have established that, then you can decide to pray at other times. At other times. Oh, Satan, oh, why are you being so religious about it? Listen, there are things you need to be religious about. There are things, you are religious about eating. Are you not religious about it? Why, why must we be too legalistic about prayer? Because if you don't set principles and rules in place, you will end up doing nothing. Principals and principalities are always, they live their lives within principles. Yeah. 
The cheapest way not to have a prayer life is to live your prayer life anyhow. Pray anyhow. I pray, oh, and you can even quote me. Oh, didn't Paul say that I would have men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands? Thank God, continue to quote. Yeah, continue to quote, and very soon realize that you are not praying at all. It is people who habitually pray who are able to pray anyhow and anytime. When you don't have prayer as your habit, the edge, when the edge even comes, you don't know what to do with it. That's why you need time. Somebody say you need time. The Bible says in Acts chapter 3 verse 1, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. At 3 in the afternoon, they were going at the time. Somebody say the time. May you have a time of prayer. You have a time to eat. You have a time to watch TV. You have a time to listen to the news. You have a time to watch football. Do you have a time of prayer? If you don't, you are not a spiritual person. All your spiritual problems will continue to stay. Because there's a way we deal with spiritual problems. There's a way. There's a way we deal with mental problems. And there's a way we deal with spiritual problems. You cannot handle spiritual problems with means. For the Bible says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So when you bring spiritual carnal uh, weapons into spiritual battle, you're already defeated. That's why you need to learn to pray. You need to learn to pray as a Christian. You see, no matter who it is that is praying for you, if you are not praying for yourself, you are doing yourself a great disservice. Praise the Lord. There's nobody who can better pray for you than yourself. Because why would you want somebody to talk to your father on your behalf if you really have a relationship with him anyway? When you understand that prayer is a relationship that you are developing, sustaining, maintaining, and keeping between you and your father, why would you want to hire somebody? That's why it's inconceivable to think that somebody will pay someone else to pray for him. No, it's, it's not bad to be prayed for. It's not bad to be prayed for. But if it is coming as a compliment to your personal prayer life, you are okay. But if that is what you depend on, you can go anytime. By the way, who even told you that the person you have contracted to pray for you is praying for you? Do you have a CCTV camera on him? Praise the Lord. It's so important that God decided he will not limit it to a few people. Every child of his. When Jesus was teaching, he said, our father. That's what it is. So anybody who is a child of God can speak to him. Yeah. It's not everybody who is uh, President Akufado's government who can speak to him. Some of the people are not his direct appointees. They are appointees of people who have appointed them. The people he appointed have also appointed some people. So there are people who have close access to him, but there are others who don't have close access to him. But in our case, God has given access to all. The Bible says, for we are by his spirit, by one spirit, we have access to the Father. And that access is given to us because that is what we need in order to be victorious in this life. Let me tell you, there is nothing you are dealing with that when you engage the altar of prayer consistently, it will not give up. That's not. When the Bible was talking about uh, weapons of ammo, he was talking about ammo. I think in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, what does the Bible say? Ephesians chapter 6, let's look at that. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 10. He said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand against the devil's schemes. Now look at that. Put on the whole armor. Somebody say the whole armor. 
put on the whole armor. Take one armor out and you may be affected. But put on the whole armor that you may be able to withstand against the devil's scheme. Oh, close, you see me, right? Okay. Verse number 12. He says, For we, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Somebody say my struggle. Whatever you are struggling with, it's not flesh and blood, though. It's not willpower. <laughs> it's not flesh and blood. There's, there's a power behind it. And that power must be stopped. But against the rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Verse 13, he says, Therefore, put on the fool. Somebody say the fool. The full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may. Somebody say, when the day of evil comes. And can I tell you something? The day of evil cannot be stopped. It will come. It cannot stop. It cannot stop. The day of evil did not stop in the life of Jesus. It will come. It will not come just once. It will come once and again. Once and again. When Satan himself came to Jesus and finished with him, the Bible said he left him for a season. If he left the Messiah for a season, you, <laughs> if you are truly representing him, he will not leave you alone. He will go and come back again. He will come back again. You know, demons hardly give up. That's why if I be, see a, meet a believer who easily gives up, I pity him. Demons don't give up. Why are you giving up? Demons don't give up. The Bible says when a demon is cast out of a man, he goes out to hang out and look for a place. And if he doesn't, he goes back to the place where he started from. And when he goes and finds that the place is empty and he goes back and takes uh, seven more demons, wicked than himself. Can you imagine that? Wicked than himself. Because he will not like to be made homeless again. The homelessness he suffered is over. <laughs> so he wants to make permanent abode. The Bible says, the last state of the man is worse than the day before. That's why usually when you are breaking certain repetitive action and you don't sustain it, sometimes when you fall back, it becomes very difficult to. It looks like you, are, you, have, you, you have gone way up. That's how Satan operates. It's a demonic force. Praise the Lord. Because he knows that if we don't stop you, the way you were, you, they allow one to be cast out again. If they don't fortify themselves and they are cast out, no. It means potentially you can be free. So we will not allow you. But I see you walk in freedom. He says, you may be able to withstand your ground. Somebody say, stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand. Now, he began to outline a number of the things. He talked about, yes, verse 14, be very fast for me. Stand firm. Go to verse 18. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Somebody say, keep on praying. Say, keep on praying. Now, when he talked about all the other things, he take the, take the shade of faith, do that, do that. He says, keep on praying. Praying always. Praying always. What did Jesus say? It was just a continuation of what Paul just extended or explained in detail what Jesus said when he said, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. 
After you have put on the whole armor, if you stop praying, things can still go wrong. Yeah. You are not wearing the armor until you are praying at all times. Praying at all times. Praying. Praying always. You put on the breastplate of righteousness. It is there. It's gifted to you. But you must be praying always. Praying always. Praying always. Praying always. Peter said, the end of all things is at hand. Be sober and watch unto prayer. Somebody say the end of all things. Peter was speaking again. He said, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, like a devil, roaring about, seeking whom he may devour. Then he says, resist. And you resist him when you are in prayer. You resist him when you are in what? When you are in prayer, you resist the devil. You resist him when you are in prayer. Once you are praying, he knows that this is a no-go zone. No-go zone. It's a no-fly zone. That's it. Jesus had the time. Somebody say he had the time. So I want you to, after this service, have it from tomorrow, have a time. Thank God that we are hearing this message on the second day of March. They say anything you do consistently for 21 days becomes a habit. I would want to believe that anything you do consistently for 30 days is better. So it becomes a habit and you must do it consistently. It's scientifically proven. Anything you do consistently between 21 and 30 days becomes a habit. So, start it tomorrow morning. And I'm going to show you, give you a guideline. It's only a guideline. Somebody says it's a guideline. guideline. I'll give you a guideline. Jesus gave that guideline. And if you follow it, some, some people, I've heard people say, Pastor, me, ah, so I should be praying for 30. What will I be saying? I will show you what to say. I will show you what to say. All the better. Praise the Lord. Jesus had the time for prayer. Early in the morning. And I tell you, no matter whatever time you set for prayer, make sure that you pray in the morning. Make sure you what? Yeah, pray in the morning. Pray in the morning. If you are praying in the evening, it should be a bonus time to the morning prayer. But don't substitute your prayer time for evening. I'll pray in the afternoon. I'll pray. No, 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 no. You are dealing with the day. And if you go through the day, all the challenge in the night, who is coming to tempt you? What are you going to do with? In the night you sleep and you sleep and snore. So don't deceive yourself. Satan is, Jesus learned to pray in the morning. Pray in the morning. Pray in the morning. Look at this. Uh, in the book of uh, Psalms, David prayed three times a day and morning was part. Psalm 55, verse 6. 16 to 17. As for me, I will call upon the Lord and the Lord will save me. He says, evening. Somebody say evening. evening. Morning. Morning. And noon, I cry out in distress and he hears my voice. Do you see that? Evening. Morning. That's time. Evening, morning, and noon, I pray and he will hear my voice. Look at this. Psalm 5, verse 1 to 3. Give ear to my words. O Lord, consider my meditation. Give heed to the voice of my cry, my king and my God. For you will I pray. To you will I pray. My voice you shall hear where? You hear my voice late at night? You hear my voice where? In the morning. In the morning will I direct my prayer to you and I will look up. Somebody say, I will look up. I will look up. Uh, I will look up. I will look up. I will look up. The Bible says that... (laughs) Having, uh, that you may be able to stand in the evil day. I believe that the day literally is evil. <laughs> That's why you must pray in the morning. In the evil day. 
in the evil day. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So Satan fills the day up with evil. <laughs> Look at this. Psalm 83, verse 13. But to you have I cried out, O Lord, and in the morning my prayer comes before you. That's David. Daniel prayed three times. The Bible says he prayed and gave thanks to God three times. I'm sure it was morning, noon, and at night. And then, of course, if you are going to pray habitually, apart from number one, making prayer a priority, developing a plan for it, having a place for prayer, and setting time aside for prayer. So you have to set specific time. If it's 30 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes in the morning, even five minutes in the morning, Provided it can answer the prayer pattern I'm going to give you. That is fine. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now, I, I realize that Jesus was very... The way he taught, if you are very, very serious, you can pray. The, the prayer he gave, the pattern he gave, if you are to pray it alone, you won't pray less than 30 minutes a day. If you just pray that alone, and you pray it in diverse ways. Somebody say a pattern. A pattern. Say a pattern. If you are going to do it habitually, you need a pattern. So you need to develop a simple prayer guide or list for daily prayer. If you are going to be doing it daily, then you need something to guide you. You need a pattern to follow. You need something to guide you. So some people call it a prayer list. Some people call it a prayer guide. Jesus helped us with one. He had a pattern that he followed when he was praying. And then we saw it also in his life. Look at Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 6. Matthew 6, verse 6. What Jesus taught here was just a pattern. It's not supposed to be recited like we're made to do. Because if you look at this context, you, you realize that that was not what he was talking about. He says, when you pray, okay, let's start from verse 5 and see the context. You, you appreciate it better. When you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and the corners, that they may be seen by men, as surely I say to you that they have their reward. Now, start from verse, verse 7. Take me to verse 7. When you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the hidden do. All right? What we were doing when we were in primary school is what Jesus was talking against. Don't use vain repetition, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be that. That's vain repetition. Every time, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be that. That's, that's not the reason for the prayer. He did not tell us to pray that way. Praise the Lord. Ah, it's wrong. He gave a pattern to follow. A pattern is a model. You can have your own way, but you should follow that model. Are you following what I'm teaching? That's what the prayer is. And Jesus said, in this manner, now, if you go to verse 9, you see it. In this manner, therefore. Can't you see that? It's, ma it's a manner. It's a way to pray. Therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's the fundamental thing. So, before you think about anything, Jesus wants you to see prayer as a relationship building tool. He's your Father. He's your father. And when you go to the letters of Paul, again and again, I say, I bow my knee to the God of our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. Again and again, I thank the Father. I thank the Father again and again. Prayer has to do with fundamentally our relationship with God. 
That's why I said you can't sustain a meaningful relationship with God without prayer. There is no meaningful relationship that can be sustained without frequent and consistent communication. You, are, you can't claim someone is your best friend whom you speak to every 33 months. It's not your best friend. You don't talk to your best friend like that. Your best friend every 33 months. It doesn't make sense. Jesus said, in this manner, therefore, when you pray, he gave out, in the prayer outline he gave here, there are about six principles, six lessons we can learn for, for our daily prayer pattern. Number one, he says, when you, say, when you come to me, come knowing that I'm your father. But how you come is important. So he says, our father, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. That's praise. Somebody say praise. So if you are going to pray, you wake up in the morning. You don't uh, come to God with the, the terrible dream I had. Hey, God, <laughs> you need to deliver me today. The terrible dream. No, 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 no. Whether terrible or bad dream, when you wake up, thank God that in spite of the terrible dream, you are still alive. Praise the Lord. So that's it. That's, that's how you come to God. I don't know how to pray. I'm teaching you how to pray. You start it with thanksgiving. When you wake up in the morning, thank God. What are you thanking him? You are alive. You are alive. You don't know what the day holds, but at least you are alive to see what the day holds. That's where it starts from. So you start with thanksgiving. In the book of Psalms 100, Psalm 100, verse 1 and 2, he said, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye land. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with what? Come before his presence with singing. Come, come, come. Wake up with the song. And if you are going to be singing like the way the Pentecost people do, then you realize that by the time you are through singing, five minutes is even gone. Come with thanksgiving. Come with thanksgiving. Come with thanksgiving. Verse 4. 100 verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. The message version says, enter with the password. Thank you. Make yourselves at home. talking praise. Thank him and worship him. Then prayer has started. The password into God's presence is say, thank you. Father, I thank you for a brand new day. Then you begin to worship. While you are worshiping, you come at home because that's how they assess his presence. Praise the Lord. Then number two is priority. What should be your priority? You don't come to God with being obsessed with yourself. You come to God being obsessed with him. Praise the Lord. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the will of God is your peace. In the will of God is your prosperity. In the will of God is your progress. In the will of God is your advancement. So pursue his will. Let his will be a priority for you. Lord, today I have my own plans, but I submit it to your own plan. In the name of our Lord Jesus, let your will be done for this day. Guide my steps every step of the way. Let your perfect will. The people I must meet today, let me meet them. The people I need to speak to today, let me meet them. That is how. The will of God. Jesus, he was obsessed with the will of God. Not only did he pray it, but he consistently lived it. He said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. It was because it was his prayer. When you are not praying the will of God, you will not be, you will not be consciously walking in the will of God. To be conscious about the will of God, you have to pray it. When you pray it, you begin to consciously walk in the reality of the will of God. 
Thy kingdom come. Now, in our case, we are not praying thy kingdom come because his kingdom is already within us. So, Lord, manifest your kingdom through me today. You are a carrier of God's kingdom. Anywhere you go, his kingdom must be manifest. His, his rule and dominion must be experienced through you. Can somebody say an amen? amen. And then, of course, provision. 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 Give us this day our daily bread. Pastor, but I don't lack food. Daily bread does not mean that you need food. Daily bread has to do with any meaningful thing you need. It could be direction. It could be access to certain places. Anything you need for the day. And there are things we need for the day. Every day there are things you need. When you don't have a plan, you don't know what you even need. But when you have a plan, you know the things you need. The people you must speak to, the people you must reach out to, there are daily needs. Give us this day. Now, that, this is one of the things that shows that prayer has to be habitual. Give us this day our daily bread. Because God wants you to depend on him daily. That's why prayer is daily. He wants you to depend on him daily. Not that you've had enough of him. Humility demands that you are constantly dependent. You see, pride says that I've had enough. I'm okay. I can excel by myself. I can do. But humility says, Lord, I depend on you. Without you, I can do nothing. That's why we pray. So one who does not pray, he's saying he knows how to manage his life. He's okay all by himself without God. That's why the greatest manifestation of pride is not to walk a certain way or talk a certain way. The greater manifestation of pride is to declare independence over God. And you do that when you don't pray. Number four is pardon. Somebody say pardon. Prayer is a medium through which we receive forgiveness. Forgiveness is ours in Christ. When you come to God, or you don't need to even wait to come to God, but when you are coming into prayer and the Spirit of God brings your attention to anything, the Spirit of God convicts you of any act of unrighteousness, that's the right time to let it go. So through prayer, we offend people and people offend us. And through prayer, we make reconciliation. And then number three is protection. Somebody say protection. Now, if you understand the world we live in, you will always be mindful of protection. Lead us not into temptation. One, now, he is, he's telling us that prayer helps us to access God's leading. Somebody say God's leading. One important way God leads us is he leads us into the things we need and he leads us away from the things that can destroy us. There are people you must not meet. There are some conversations you must not have. There are places you must not see. And God must guide your steps. God must what? God must guide your steps. God, when I saw this scripture, he says that I give you authority over serpents and scorpions and over all the power, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That means as you are walking about, you are walking on serpents and scorpions. Where you are walking, you don't know. That's why people step in places, and by the time they realize, they picked up diseases that they never had. That's the world we live in. But when your steps are guided, he will give his angels charge over you. You will not dash your foot against a stone. So everywhere you step is supernaturally ordered. Now listen, when you pray daily, when you pray habitually and daily for the matter, your day will be different. Your day will be what? No, no, no. If any of you will be honest, the days you have spent time praying to God or starting the day with God, the day has always been different. Temptations will come, but your approach and your response towards them is different. Praise the Lord. 
Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us. Somebody say deliver us. Deliver. Yeah, deliver us. Because we are in a wrestling contest, so we need deliverance. There are things God must deliver you from. Deliver you from. Deliver you from. Deliver us. For yours is a kingdom. And that is talking, coming back to praise. Somebody say praise. Prayer is a means for protection. So you ask for God's protection and guidance. Prayer is both a defensive and an offensive weapon. It defends you and then it's also an offer, uh, 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 a weapon for assault. And then, of course, you end it with praise. Now, listen. He said, for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. So we start with praise. We end with what? Praise. Now, imagine that you spend two, two minutes on each of these. That takes you to how many minutes? Huh? 12 minutes. So if you spend, let's say, uh, 12 minutes or even 15 minutes in the word of God, by the time you finish, your quiet time comes to about 27 minutes. Am I communicating here? If you do it five, five minutes, that's how many minutes? 30 minutes. I don't know how to pray. That is the pattern. You can't wake up and uh, see a brand new day and not have a reason to say thank you to the Lord. You can't wake up and say, today I have no need. Really? <laughs> So that's it. If you do 15, 15 minutes of each of this, how, many, how much do you come to? 15 times 6, 90 minutes. That's why Jesus was surprised when he said, could you not watch with me for one hour? <laughs> he was surprised. He was surprised. There are a number of us who, apart from tongues, we don't know how to pray. And we'll come back to it. Because you are so word empty. And that's why the word of God must let the word of God dwell in you richly. When the word dwells in you richly, when you come to prayer, oh, it's sweet. It's what? Sweet. Because you know, you, you know where to start from and you know where to end. I pray that fresh grace will be prayerful will come upon your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. That beginning from today and beginning from this month, a fresh grace for on uh, endless prayer will come upon you. Amen. That you wake up praying, you go to bed praying. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Lift up your voice and begin to speak to God and thank him tonight. Give him praise. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no.